horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you with us. Glad also to be working with Eric Ryder. He's our producer and the guy at the board who, with all of his expertise, manages to allow me to stay in my lane. And I'm grateful to his work on our behalf every single week. Today, we are going to be traveling the glorious two-lane highways of America. I am holding in my hand a book. It's a wonderful book, now in its 25th anniversary edition. I believe that's the ninth printing. Road Trip USA, Cross-Country Adventures on America's Two-Lane Highways. The author, Jamie Jensen, is going to join us today. And what a story he has. Oh, my goodness. We have so much to fill in this little bit of time we have with so much info. Jamie Jensen grew up along Route 66 in Southern California, and he was immersed in road trip culture from an early age. Back then, freeways were new. Cheeseburgers cost a quarter. I remember those days. And every beach had a waterfront amusement park. Family road trips to national parks and historic sites nurtured an appreciation of the USA's distinctive natural landscapes, one-of-a-kind attractions, and unexpected local traditions. A summer break from studying architecture in college turned into a two-year odyssey for Jamie Jensen, driving, hiking, biking, and even hitchhiking all over the continent. We have so much to talk about. Wow. Let's go ahead and take a breather. This is American Road Trip Talk. Give us a couple of minutes and we'll be back with Jamie and all he has to tell that we can fit into this narrow space. Thanks so much for listening. We will be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Charge your course to visit Alliance Nebraska. Fun, safe, family-friendly, and pet-friendly activities make Alliance one adventure you and your family don't want to miss. Come for Carhenge and stay to experience our many other free attractions, craft brews, and local dining. Yes, all of the attractions are free. Shop along our historic brick streets, too. Carhenge is a 2020 Top 10 Worldwide Award winner by TripAdvisor. Unique, quirky, and a pop culture icon, Carhenge is open year-round to visitors who love to experience something different. You won't find a to-scale replica of England's Stonehenge quite like this anywhere else in the world. Our little slice of country is your place to relax before you head to the hills or mountains with all of the small-town charm your soul needs. For more information, please go to visitalliance.com. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. 
Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk and our interview with Jamie Jensen, author of Road Trip USA, Cross-Country Adventures on America's Two-Lane Highways, now in its 25th anniversary edition. Welcome, Jamie. So glad to have you with us. Hey, Gary. Glad to be with you. And I'm glad you could take time out from all the traveling you do. My goodness, this trove of a book, which to me ranks as an indispensable guide to for anybody who wants to get out there on the open road, but isn't using the interstate, they want that two lane highway experience at which you are a maven. I think you've earned that status, Jamie. Tell us about how all of this got started for you, because there had to be sometime in your young life, thinking back to those younger years, there had to be a moment where all of the possibilities of this became clear to you. Well, my, my first exposure to the joys of the open road were on, a like a, a lot of kids, a family road trip with my dad. And I, I was an early riser, so I got to play navigator. And I just fell in love with American road maps, especially the ones that were given away by the gas company, gasoline stations for free. And there was just this style and pizzazz to places that were, you know, maybe not. This was when chains were just starting. So it was in the kind of glory days of Route 66 through the Four Corners area. I distinctly remember a dawn after a visit to the Grand Canyon and just thinking, God, this is the life for me. As, as it is for many, but those folks who actually plan it out and take these trips, many, many of them are relatively few in number. And you're such a standout because you have this wonderful book to offer the traveling public. You were nearby in Southern California. Did you live fairly close to the terminus of Route 66 at the Santa Monica Pier? Oh yeah, I was that was my body surfing destination. And ah. <laughs> I lived there when Pacific Ocean Park was still in business with those great beachfront amusement parks, like they had the Pike in Long Beach. And you know, it was just a it seemed like a, a nicer, gentler, funner era in some ways, but it's still alive and well. Towns like Santa Cruz in Northern California still has a beachfront roller coaster, the Great Lakes, there's a lot of places like that. And I think people forget how many great things America offers. If everyone just heads to Disney World or the national parks, there's a lot of state parks, great other attractions all over the country. And that's the kind of thing I've been collecting for 25 plus years and 400,000 miles of driving around to make Road Trip USA. Tell us, Jamie, about some of your favorite scenic byways, because, you know, we have discussed those on this program, and there are, fortunately, foundations around the country, and some of them have pretty stout, uh, div not dividends, but they have, they have the kind of funding, and it's not always gotten from the government, state, local, federal. Sometimes it's people who absolutely love to create an endowment for places that might not get what they need to maintain the road service, to, to maintain the uh, beauty of the area. And I'm thinking that someone like you would know uh, more than his share about the two-lane highways that offer that byway experience far removed from the interstate. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the famous one, of course, is Route 66. You had a, a snippet from Get Your Kicks on Route 66, which was the great old Chicago to L.A. highway that both my parents traveled to get to the you know, promised land of California back after that, that, that post-war 40s and early 50s era. So that has a lot of what you're talking about, where people have banded together to preserve the monuments in towns like Shamrock, Texas. You know, there's a U-Drop Inn that's this is classic of streamline America 
Americana that probably would have faded away had it not been for this revival of interest in small town America and the glories of these two lane roads where you can actually see rivers when you cross them. And the thing that I try to, I take Route 66 as my guiding light, but there are roads like that all over the country. You talk about Western Washington, the road through Olympic National Park, US 101. It sounds like a big road, but it's mostly two lane most of the way. And it follows the coast, um, turns into Highway 1 through Big Sur. So these roads are everywhere and they can take you everywhere as well. It's just a, it's a different mode of traveling, like you were talking about, where you actually appreciate the places you're passing through and maybe pause to have a, a piece of pie or take a selfie at the statue of one of those jackalope statues. So there's um, you know a lot to do on these roads and it's a little bit less destination oriented, but it's a lot more fun. Yes, it is. And you put me in mind of one of my favorite shows of the last 30 years or so. You talk about picking up a piece of pie on the way. That, that's a little Twin Peaks, isn't it? You know, stop there for the great cherry pie. <laughs> yeah, and, and a cup of, cup of joe, right? Or a cup that's of- right. Just black as midnight. That's right. There we oh, go. Oh, man, the memories. In, in terms of the two-lane highways, why don't we get some of your greatest hits? Places that you could see, for example, and we love our roadside attractions here on American Road Trip Talk. Taking the two-lane route, you're going to see a lot of things that you could never see if you fly over, and the interstate doesn't give you easy access to them. Are there two, three, four that you think of like, wow, the next time I'm going from California all the way to New York or I'm heading to Illinois, what are the can't-miss places for you in small-town America? Well, gosh, the, the the classic, of course, is Carhenge, you know, a, a reproduction of the, the druidical Stonehenge, but made out of old American cars buried in the sandhills of beautiful northwest Nebraska. It was one of my favorite places. And I was there, you know, 1995. It was like four or five years old. And it was still kind of an eyesore. People thought, what the heck is that? But I think locals have, over time, learned to embrace it. And now they're, you know, it's the big attraction thereabouts. And that's the sort of thing where you can spend an hour or, you know, watching the solstice or something like that as it rises and then head on up to the Black Hills or head across. I mean, the Great Plains history of Fort Robinson, which is not far from there, where a lot of the last of the Native uh, Americans kind of interfaced, whatever you want to call it, with the U.S. cavalry. You know, we're changing our the way we tell history, but the way to go out and actually see these things for yourself, you realize everything's a lot more complicated than anything we ever heard. But there's that, that's the great joy of these roads. But there's usually a fun little attraction or a famous historic plaque that kind of makes it all um, make sense. But there's, there's also the big um, destination places like I love the old National Park lodges um, in Grand. Uh, what's it? Um, Glacier National Park has that were built by the railroads where the lobbies are built out of, you know, entire dug fir trees, a hundred foot tall with the bark still on them. And Old Faithful in Yellowstone is probably the most famous of all these. But these are wonderful kind of reminders of, you know, a can do, let's enjoy America. Back when See America First meant something very different from what it does now. That was a big campaign when I was a kid. See America First. And uh, according to at least one make of car you would see it best if you saw the usa in a chevrolet right everybody was tied in to that enthusiasm for the open road when expansion of opportunity and adventure was still in the forefront of american consciousness as something yes that could be commercialized but it also spoke to america's ability to generate possibilities oh for sure and i mean nothing kind of embodies the sense of possibility than better than a road trip 
you know, you, you, you get in the car, you can go wherever you want to on your own terms, no having to ask for permission from the kind of, um, what are the transport police, whatever. And it's, it's just a nice way to be. And you can pull off, you see something interesting. I had, I used to travel with my boys when they were little and we'd see all these giant dinosaurs along the road and we'd pull off and see what they're there for. Usually it was like a rock shop or something. Sometimes it was a burger bar. Um, sometimes it was just for fun, but you know, that stopping talking, especially if you're traveling with your family, you know, people have had maybe a bit much of being with their families in the past year, but it's a really nice experience to go in. You know, I did both my boys when taking them to college, we took these big road trips and it's kind of a way to connect your past with your future. And there's lots of things that go on. And the, the American road is a fabulous thing in these days when no, but not everybody wants to hop on an airplane. Yeah, well, that's, I'll just let that statement speak for itself. Absolutely. So, and you miss so much. If you have the time, you can invest it in the road trip. I mean, that's part of the charm after all. And you can decide when you're going to get up, when you're going to take off, when you're going to call it a night, all of those things. It gives you a tremendous sense of freedom, of course. And the food is enormously better. I mean, <laughs> stopping well, that is burgers <laughs> is still my favorite activity. <laughs> And you can eat at the chains if you want to, but you can also find some funky places that have been there for 65 years and it's still in the family. And that's a great experience in its own right. It's true. Yeah. And those are the kind of places that I fill in the book. You know, I don't mention chains so much, but I mention cabins that, you know, roadside cabins that look like log cabins or, you know, the great burger place for miles or the, the little cafe selling pie up in the foothills of Montana or something like that. So those are the places where you really connect with the place you're passing through. And I think that's the magic of a road trip that you meet locals. If you stop in an interstate diner, whatever, you're just meeting fellow travelers and everybody's in a hurry to get somewhere else, but you stop in a place for breakfast, you know, in some small farm town, and you're going to hear the farmers talking about the price of beans. And, you know, you get to know the place and hear the accents and it's, it's just a much richer experience all around. And you make it all the richer by the composition of your book, which is just chock full of useful information. The spirit of adventure is the thread that runs through the entire work. Hefty book, too. It really is. Uh, never meant to be a doorstop, but rather, as I said earlier, an indispensable guide to the road trip traveler, especially if you have a real yen for the two-lane highways. So let me, might as well go to the author. and We'll get the word on this. In terms of how you structured the book, how did you decide to format it the way you did to help the road traveling public? Well, my sense is you, you both want to like read and get a sense of what's out there and be inspired for the kind of armchair travel and planning the trip. So it's there's lots and lots of photographs and maps and things to kind of tempt you on the road. But then it's structured as a kind of mile by mile guide along these highways. So everything you need to know if you're in Shadron, Nebraska or Alliance or you know the, the towns along the way, it's all there. So like the, the, the place to eat is there, the, the place to check in if you want to go for a swim in the river you know i try and find where the locals go and and point it out on those couple pages so it's i hope it's really easy to use um, it's been, you know, this is the ninth edition just coming out this summer. So I've been, it's got a lot of feedback over the years. We ran it on the internet early on and got a lot of great stories from people. It's been pretty popular and I've just been so charmed and blessed by the people I've met who've liked it or I've sent them somewhere and then they've sent me somewhere in return. So it's, it's a practical guide, but it's also an inspiration. We used to do real well around Christmas time that people would give it to their granddad or, you know, give it to their kids. And so it, it's, um, 
um, it, it touches a lot of bases. It's, it doesn't, it's not only for people driving across the country. I think it's really for anyone who's interested in learning a little more deeply about the really rich and varied history of the country. Including in your own region, your own backyard. Absolutely. I mean, that's the best place to practice taking road trips, to drive down that side road you've never taken before, you know, and, and you discover things and you see things and you actually pull over, which is the nice thing about the two lanes. You can't really do that on the freeway. You know, they, you get arrested by the highway patrol pretty quickly. But if you're traveling down a two lane, they're, they're slow enough. There aren't all the kind of high speed truckers racing to get along. So you can pull off to the side and just take a breather, you know, to get out of the car and feel the breeze on your cheeks or listen to the waves crash, you know. And it's a very different experience and it goes a lot deeper, I think, rather than just looking out through the windshield all the time. And when we look at certain trips, it does take a lot of planning. You were kind enough, Jamie, to listen to one of our earlier broadcasts, a very recent one. In fact, we interviewed our radio station colleague here in Seattle, New York Vinny, Drive Time with New York Vinny. He is a car culture aficionado and a lover of road trips. He's been on plenty of them. And he talked about the Lincoln Highway. Now, people who are unfamiliar might say Lincoln Highway. Well, that might be a nice way to see Illinois. I guess it must start, what, in Springfield or something? And that would be wrong. So if you're going to plan that, where would you start and where would you go along the way? I take it, sir, that you have done so yourself at least once. I have done it at least once. Not all. What I tend to do is like I do a lot of circular trips. So like I'll fly into Chicago and take Route 66 down to St. Louis, then come up the Great River Road and, you know, travel up to Michigan or then come back down. So it's not all about cross country. I mean, it's a great idea to cross the country. But for the Lincoln Highway, that is the preeminent cross-country highway. It was 1915, the first road across the country. It wasn't even paved until the 1920s. And it went from New York City to San Francisco, where they were opening the Pan Pacific. It was when the Panama Canal opened. So kind of linking the continent was definitely the theme for people. And it then grew over the years into one of the preeminent um, highways. And it was, you know, what's funny, things like the Lincoln Highway, it's basically a private promotional organization. There's also the Dixie Highway. There's a lot of named roads that preceded the, the numbering system. So way back when, it was all just a connection of local roads. And some of these roads are just fantastic. And the Lincoln Highway has the same kind of mystique that Route 66 has, but it has the advantage of not being overlapped by so many interstates. You know, you can drive the Lincoln Highway across Nevada, say, and you're following where the Pony Express went and not much has changed. And that stretch of the Lincoln Highway is much better known as the loneliest road. It's US 50 across, you know, pretty desolate, but absolutely breathtakingly beautiful Nevada around Great Basin National Park. And then another great stretch I was going to recommend to um, Mr. Vinny, New York Vinny, was uh, the stretch across Pennsylvania, which is, you know, just fantastic and super rich in all that roadside Americana, uh, pink elephants, flashing lights, merry-go-rounds. But the, the, the stretch I really like is the stretch in the middle of the country across Iowa, which just has you know small town charm to um, you know so much of it and really good if you like um, pork tenderloin sandwiches and small town America and this summer is going to be the time when their major league baseball is actually playing a game at the mythical Field of Dreams which is in Iowa a little town outside Dubuque um, which you can get to on my two lane roads and so th there's 
Yes, you can do the big road. Yes, you can say you've driven the Lincoln Highway, but there's also little stretches along the way. So, and lots of car culture museums, old car collections. So your car culture guys will be very happy traveling the Lincoln Highway. And also speaking of Iowa, I know that in the Quad Cities area, they have this cubed drive-in where if you want to experience culture from the past that, that survives, go to a drive-in theater where they have uh, as many modern amenities as suits the owners, but also there's, there's this sense of modern architecture taking the best of the past and presenting it to families today who want to enjoy the experience from a bygone era. There, there are a lot of the drive-ins in particular, and we've talked about those on the show before. You go around the country, you'll still find them, sometimes by surprise. I remember seeing one there off the road when I was uh, looking around for the ocean and some gorgeous homes in a little town in Vermont. Along the Connecticut River, I think I know the one you mean. Yes. US 5. Yeah, no, I I, I love that. And, and then the serendipity of kind of being surprised is something that never gets old, does it? They, it was, and there's probably a really great diner across the street that sells blueberry pancakes with maple syrup. And no, those are the sort of places that once you get a taste for them, you kind of never want to drive down a freeway again. Do you find, Jamie, when you plan your trips that you want to do it in such a way as to make strategic use of the route itself? And by that, I mean the most famous example I can think of. People, if they go each way on Route 66, there's a noticeable pattern that speaks to the history of that road. You start in Chicago, and I've been at the very starting point there, almost had my hat blown off, and, and I was nearly blown over myself, downtown Chicago, a canyon full of buildings and wind blowing through. It was amazing. And yet that's where it starts. And then as you head west, you see more and more that if you were going from Chicago out all, perhaps all the way to Santa Monica, do the whole route, you're going to see more than if you were to start in California and make your way through to Chicago. Well, certainly in the first few hundred miles, because California's Route 66 <laughs> crosses the desert. And that, that there aren't so many uh, things to see out there unless you time it right. And there's the wildflower season or you just like wide open spaces. But no, I'm with you. I mean, I've gone back and forth on that road a lot. And the, the little things that matter when you drive Route 66, you cross the Mississippi on the Chain of Rocks Bridge, which is just amazing. Unfortunately, good for bad. You're not allowed to drive it anymore, but you can walk it or cycle it. It's been reopened as a pedestrian and scenic route. But it's, it's a beautiful sense of the river and how these places fit together together. And so driving these old roads, it's not just about driving, but you get to a lot of these historic attractions and you can see so much more of whatever you're interested in. And some of those places that you might pinpoint as a place to be seen, for example, in California, there I think of the town that with the Danish heritage, and I've been there once I spent an afternoon there, had some nice treats, Solvang in California. That's a place where you're just, you're not only stepping back in time, you're just you're leaving American pop culture, California, the epitome in so many ways. And then you go to Solvang and you're like, where am I now? Where is this place in, in which traditions are being honored? It's, it's really kind of a reality warp. It, it, it totally is. And of course, Solvang is on the El Camino Real, part of that US 101 coastal west coast. Um, Pacific Coast Highway drive that is include that I do in Road Trip USA. And um, just up the road from Solvang is San Juan Batista, which you're not stepping into a kind of Danish world, but you're stepping back into colonial California. And there's parts mm. of it that haven't changed at all. It was kind of abandoned in the 1880s, and it really hasn't changed. It's most famous for being seen in Hitchcock's film Vertigo. 
Um, it's they had actually had to paint on a tower for him to cause the trauma at the end. But it's a you know towns like this are just off the big roads, but you can get it in touch with you know that was 1776 that was founded back on you know El Camino Real when the Spanish colonials were opening up these missions and you get a sense of the history and the connectedness of all these places so much better by maybe taking it a bit slower but following these two lane America. I think I can just about see several more visits for you, Jamie. Uh, this time has just flown by. But we haven't even like left to... California hardly yet. No, we got there... a lot to cover. Exactly. So I'm thinking if we take this regionally and with special places in mind, then we would love to have you back time and again to get people excited about once again enjoying embracing the adventure of the open road, particularly two-lane highway style, because there is just an endless vast richness to the american experience to be found along those how many thousand miles of two-lane highways well I've, i cover forty thousand in the book i've driven wow. four hundred thousand according to my tax account and, and there's something like four million miles just in america alone and we go up into canada a little bit i go to the canadian rockies i don't call it road trip usa and canada but go to montreal and some other places so yeah there's a lot to see for sure and now is a great time to go out there and see it well said, and I look forward to having you back. Jamie Jensen, author of a fantastic book. It should be in any road tripper's library. Save a special place on your shelf for Road Trip USA, Cross-Country Adventures on America's Two-Lane Highways. Ninth printing, now in its 25th anniversary edition. Jamie Jensen, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, totally my pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.